want to say hi to everybody, all five of you, in this room and everybody joining from your living room. I miss you guys. It's not the same here without you, but I am so glad that you are here today in the way that you are here. I had prepared a sermon for this week that was in line with the series that we are in right now, Uh, but on Thursday, I bagged that because I thought there was maybe something else stirring in my spirit to talk about this week. Um, I decided to have us ask the question today, what would Jesus perhaps say to those concerned about coronavirus? And I realize you have probably heard a lot about coronavirus this week. You might be thinking, I don't want to hear anything more about that. Um, But I'd like us to think together about what Jesus might say to us at this time, at this moment in history. You know, at times like these, we look to the prayer book of Jesus, and the Psalms are the prayer book of Jesus. And... There are five little words in one psalm that are very famous. You'll probably be familiar with them. It's Psalm 123. Those five little words are, The Lord is my shepherd. And wherever you are right now, I want you to just take out your hand and look at, consider your fingers, each with one of those words. And so as we say it together, you can point, to, starting with your thumb, The Lord is is my shepherd. When I was a kid, someone encouraged me to say it this way, the Lord is, and hold your ring finger, my shepherd. And in times of anxiety, in times of uncertainty, that is just a little tool I've returned to. In fact, last night as I was falling asleep, I just was laying in bed like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I know that we are in the midst of some unprecedented times, and folks have a lot of different perspectives on what's happening right now. I am certainly not an expert on COVID-19. I'm a pastor who cares about you, cares about your soul, cares about how we as a church navigate this unique situation together. This is certainly not the first time that the world has faced this. This is not the first time that the church has faced a pandemic. It's just the first time for us. And I am so grateful that we are in a slice of history right now when we have these incredible tools of technology to still connect with one another um, in this moment, that we can still support one another. We can still worship together Uh, in this way, in this unique way, in this slice of history. Um, And no matter what we face, we do not face it alone. We have the eternal presence of Christ with us, and we have one another, and I'm just grateful that right now, wherever you find yourself, in your living room, in your home, that together right now we can worship God. And so again, welcome, those of you in this room, most of you, Um, at home. May the peace of Christ be yours right now. Over the course of the last few weeks, um, we've all been watching as the CDC and the World Health Organization and the world governments have been trying to respond 
to the spread of a virus called COVID-19. We've also watched as uh, financial markets have kind of gotten motion sickness uh, from the sharp ups and downs, mostly downs, uh, in the economy, connected to fear around coronavirus. Small businesses have teetered, airlines have scrambled, countries have closed their borders, stock prices have plummeted, sporting events, corporate events, libraries, schools have begun announcing their cancellations, and it's led to a lot of sleepless nights for a lot of people. Some retirees are wondering right now, will I be cashing in my 401k to buy some toilet paper? If you're watching online, <laughs> thank you, Tim. That was supposed to be a joke, so. Can someone cue the laugh track? <laughs> the coronavirus, though, it really, I mean, it spread, it's led to a lot of anger for a lot of people. Some people are mad at the system or mad at the government or mad that we don't have a pill for this. Mad that the world can be a brutal place. Many people have experienced sleepless nights and fear and anxiety. I want to talk, though, about what Jesus might specifically say to us. What would he say to those who have had a very anxious week? And I want to remind us that we live in the strong and unshakable kingdom of God. That kingdom is not in trouble and neither are we. I want to remind us that God is still sovereign, still in control. God is still good. The scriptures say we do not need to be anxious about anything, but in everything, including this, by prayer and petition, we bring our requests to God. The scriptures say that the peace of Christ that surpasses even all our understanding guards our hearts and our minds. So with that in mind, three things I think Jesus might say to us. I think Jesus might talk to us about home, about time, about the globe and presence. First of all, home. I wonder if maybe Jesus might want this pandemic to remind us that this world is not our home. Psalm 27 says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell, where? In the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. I just wonder if at a time like this, Jesus might remind us that the declaration of a global pandemic has not really changed anything that is most important. Like There are periods of time when things in the world are going so great, we actually forget that this world is not our home. When things are going great, we can get pretty cozy here. But when we enter a crisis, we're reminded of a reality that actually was true all along. The world as it is right now is not our true home. A day is coming when Christ will return and renew and restore all things. 
So right now, we live in this now and not yet. I mean, when things are growing, going great, when, when you are healthy and wealthy and the Tao is strong, it can be easy to forget that this world is broken. We can start believing, start to believe that we are like omnipotent, that we as humans are going to work everything out. We can start to think that all of the wonderful advances in science and in medicine are going to be the thing that keeps us strong. When times are going great, we start to think that we are so advanced, we can push back aging. Maybe someday we'll even have a cure for death. When things are going great, we think if we work hard enough, surely all this goodwill will bring about world peace, that we have solutions to all of our problems. When things are going great, we think the markets will always be up and to the right. Stocks will only grow in value. Real estate will always be booming. But pandemics and cancer and terrorism and 1,000-point drops in the market have this way of reminding us that this is not our home, that this world is broken. They remind us that things here right now are not the way they ought to be. We do not live in a perfect Eden, and things are not what they will be when Christ returns and sets all things right once again in this troubled world. These troubles, they remind us that this is not our true home. It's not an altogether bad thing to be reminded that we are not home yet. In 1939, C.S. Lewis gave a famous sermon titled Learning in Wartime. And at that time, of course, the crisis, the anxiety that they were facing was not a pandemic, it was a world war. And he wrote these words to remind everyone that war, the context he was speaking in, forces us to face certain realities that we often try to avoid. This is what he said in that famous sermon. War does, does do something to death. It forces us to remember it. The only reason why cancer at 60 or paralysis at 75 do not bother us is that we forget them. War makes death real to us, and that would have been regarded as one of its blessings by most of the great Christians of the past. What he was saying in that sermon is that war forces or forced people to face, to face certain truths that they would rather not face. And I think a pandemic does the same thing. A pandemic with all its uncertainty, with all the instability, forces us to face those same things to realize that this is not our home. That is actually a good thing to be reminded of. I wonder also if perhaps Jesus might want this pandemic to give us a new perspective on time. 
the psalmist says this, Lord, help me to realize how brief my time on earth will be. Help me to know that I am here for but a moment more. My life is no longer than my hand. My whole lifetime is but a moment to you. Even if we all dodge coronavirus and live for 80 more years, that is nothing in light of forever. And I wonder if this pandemic might help us reframe our thinking with respect to time. Instead of just a short-term focus, I wonder if we might be invited into a broader horizon. Because even the end of this life is not the end of your life. We all are going to rise. We will live forever in eternity. And the events of the last few weeks have to be framed by this idea of time and eternity. When you are down in the weeds, like scrolling on your phone and social media, when you are scrolling your news feed, things can seem pretty bleak. But when you step up on the ledge and view the whole story from creation all the way to consummation, you gain some perspective. You begin to see your purpose more clearly. The purpose of this life is not to be healthy and wealthy and get to travel wherever we want, whenever we want. Those are good gifts, but they are not the purpose. The purpose of life is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And that can begin now and last into eternity. That is not under threat. That cannot be taken away, even if a pandemic does its worst. So your kids, their school might close this week. That will be hugely inconvenient to your life. I am sorry. That is maddening. It's okay to not be happy about that. And at the same time, I think Jesus might help us reframe that inconvenience in light of a broader timeline, a larger canvas, a broader horizon that says a life of convenience is not what this life is all about. Your net worth may have taken a big hit this week. I am sorry. That is maddening. No one expects you to be happy about that. And at the same time, I think Jesus would help us reframe those losses in light of a broader timeline, a larger canvas, a wider horizon. Perhaps he would point out that we should not be so consumed with just the next 50 years, but with the next 50,000 years. Your health may be compromised right now. That is a scary, scary thing. And that is okay to be concerned about. No one expects you to have a stiff upper lip about it. And at the same time, 
I wonder if Jesus would help us to reframe those very real fears in light of a broader timeline, a larger canvas, a wider horizon. The scriptures say it like this. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. For what is seen, that is temporary. What is unseen is eternal. The world is not our home. So let us be consumed with the kingdom of God, with the things that will truly last. Yes, our nation is in a state of emergency. Yes, many events are being canceled. Many flights have been grounded. Yes, the stock market has dropped. But nothing in heaven has changed. Christ is still sovereign. Christ is still seated at the right hand of the Father. He is still going to come again. None of that depends on a cure, be, a cure being found. None of that depends on a government bailout. None of that depends on our figuring out how to get through this crisis. So let us set our minds on things above. For what is seen is temporary. What is unseen is eternal. It is the invitation of Jesus to live in that strong and unshakable kingdom of God. So this week, rather than just scrolling the news feed, I wonder if we might read the Sermon on the Mount once again. It's found in Matthew 5 and Luke 6. Beatitudes, Jesus says things like, blessed are those who hunger and thirst now. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who weep. Consider the birds of the air. This week I was walking around Wash Park. There's so many amazing birds that have found a home in that park. And I just enjoy walking that loop and seeing the different unique birds God's created. And it reminds me of those words of Jesus. Consider the birds. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your, your heavenly father feeds them, Jesus said. Are you not much more valuable than they. Jesus is calling us to live today in light of eternity, to do the next right thing in love. Because the one, the person, the one with the strongest immune system does not win. The one with the best stocks does not win. The one with the most toys does not win. The one who invests in what is going to last is the one who is wise, is the one who wins. And lastly, I wonder if perhaps Jesus wants this pandemic to give us a more global perspective. I think Jesus might have us adopt a more global perspective in this moment of time. Because we may not be able to gather normally as we do in worship, 
And that is uh, for sure a loss. I miss you all who are not here right now. But there are followers of Christ around the world who have never been able to gather as a group because of persecution. And perhaps this is an opportunity for us to lean in in solidarity and understanding with the underground church who's never been able to gather, who has always been scattered. God's church is safe. She is not in trouble just because we may not be able to gather. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. One time, Paul of Tarsus was writing to a church that he had actually planted, and it was in a time of great anxiety. There was a ton of persecution. In fact, he wrote, he himself wrote these words from prison. He knew he perhaps would die because of his faith. And against that backdrop of anxiety, instability, threat to personal safety, this is what he said. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I just wonder if the invitation from Jesus in this pandemic might be to remind us once again of his constant presence. This past week, while Tim was wrapping up his time in Israel, there was one morning when I was taking the kids to school and we were running late. And so I was rushing them along and we, it was a frustrating moment and we got into the car and Lila said, I wonder if we are having such a hard morning because daddy isn't here. <laughs> and it was like super sweet and sad. I wonder if we're having such a hard morning because daddy isn't here. And it was kind of a cool opportunity, you know, just driving to school to talk together with the kids about how we live in the strong and unshakable kingdom of God. That the presence of God, that the presence of our perfect parent is always in the present, whatever that present may be. The Lord is my shepherd. I wonder if one of the things Christ might say to us in the midst of this pandemic is that he is present with us. Not only that, he understands our fear and our panic, and he is bigger than those things. Maybe God wants to remind us that his love is far greater than any pandemic, that we are never alone that we can cast all of our cares upon him because he cares for us. Maybe he wants to remind us that if we will turn our attention to him, look upon him, 
gaze upon him, we will find a peace that transcends all understanding. God's promise is that he is here now. His promise is not a promise that things will turn out as we want them to. The road between here and there may be rocky. That's okay. God will always be with you, offering peace and joy and strength in the present moment. Your ultimate well-being does not depend on a vaccine as much as we all pray and hope for one. Your ultimate well-being does not depend on a bailout from Congress. Your ultimate well-being does not depend on a stash of toilet paper or a whole lot of stockpile of hand sanitizers. It depends on something much more secure than all that. It rests on God. In God, Julian of Norwich said, all will be well, and all manner of things will be well in him. So this week, I invite you to remember that children's song, He's Got the Whole World in His Hands. He's got you and me, sister, in his hands. He's got you and me, brother, in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. So sleep through the night, my friends. Nothing that ultimately matters has changed. Your faith can rest in a God whose love for his children does not falter. And when that anxiety comes knocking on your door, would you pull out your hand and remember with me, the Lord is my shepherd. Let's pray together as we close. I invite you to pray together with me as Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.